0: This afternoon I preach you the Word of God as our Lord Jesus Christ taught it in the Lord's Prayer the first or the first part the address our Father in heaven and the church confesses concerning that in the Heidelberg catechism Lord's day 46 which you can find on page 560 560 in the book of praise. Lord's day 46. Why has Christ commanded us to address God as our Father? To awaken in us at the very beginning of our prayer that childlike reverence and trust toward God, which should be basic to our prayer. God has become our Father through Christ and will much less deny us what we ask of Him in faith than our fathers would refuse us earthly things. Why is there added in heaven these words teach us not to think of god's heavenly majesty in an earthly manner and to expect from his almighty power all things we need for body and soul beloved congregation of our lord and savior jesus christ When one of the disciples asked Jesus to teach him to pray, the Lord Jesus taught them what is now called the Lord's Prayer. This prayer is a model for our prayers. In Lord's Day 45, we confess that prayer that pleases God and is heard by him is a prayer that calls on the one true God who revealed himself in his word that only calls on this one true God and that we must call upon this one true God from the heart. So we want to do that. But how should we address this one almighty, powerful creator of heaven and earth? The Lord Jesus says, when you pray, say, Father, How wonderful. The Most High God who made the heavens and the earth allows His creatures to look up to Him and to call Him Father. Although not all creatures can address God as Father, everyone who believes in Jesus Christ can. When we call God Father, we reveal a proper attitude to prayer. The attitude that Christians should show when they accept the Lord Jesus Christ and love him and love his work. He made the relationship to God possible. And I preach to you the gospel of Jesus Christ under this theme. Through the Spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. And The Spirit makes us recognize, first of all, that we are children of God. And secondly, that we are cared for by God. We have just read all the texts in scripture, they use the word Abba. Although the New Testament was written in the Greek language, the word Abba is an Aramaic word, so it's a different language. Uh, And that language Aramaic was probably the language that the people in the time of Jesus were speaking, at least informally, probably in their homes. And there's some discussion about the meaning of the name abba some people say that it was a synonym of the word father it simply served as a as a formal title indicating an office others believe that the word abba is more informal than the word father and should be translated daddy like little children speak or perhaps dad as it's used by older children who still experience the intimate relationship of being close to and cared for as a child in order to know the meaning of this word in the new testament then we are to think and, and how we are to think about prayer to god it's necessary then to look at the life of our lord jesus christ for he himself used that word and then we can see what it means the Lord Jesus Christ referred to God in heaven many times as Father. It's very interesting to note the first time that the Bible records words that Jesus spoke, that's in Luke 2, verse 49. Even as a little boy, he referred to God as his Father. So in Luke 2, 2 verse 49, when Jesus said to to his parents who had been looking for him desperately after he spent those three days in the temple, he, he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And then later in his life, in the beautiful high priestly prayer in John 17, you can see that Jesus speaks about God, refers to God many times as, as Father. And as we go along and look at his life, we see that the last recorded words of Jesus before his death on the cross were, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Again, in the last words of Jesus before his ascension, Jesus taught his disciples to to trust the Father in heaven when he says in Luke 24, verse 49 Behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. It's very interesting to see that the first and the last words of Jesus, which are recorded in Luke, Jesus calls God Father. And what was his attitude when he looked up to heaven and, and he called God his Father? Hebrews 5, verses 5 to 8, makes it clear. We read there, So also Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, You are my son, today I have begotten you. And it continues in verse 7, Hebrews 5, verse 7, In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. The Lord Jesus knew his father well. He respected him. When he lifted up his eyes to heaven, he saw a heavenly Father. It's no surprise then when we get to Mark 14, which we read together, that again the Lord Jesus calls out to his Father. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane. We read that together. He was greatly distressed. He was greatly troubled. The burden of his his task was reaching to his soul, making it sorrowful even to the point of death. And in that deep suffering, he didn't just say Father, but he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And if you just look at that, Sentence. You just look at the, the context, you see that, that, that Abba draws the emotion right from his heart and, and brings himself vulnerable before his God in heaven. We see that word Abba used right before the word Father to express that, that trust, that, that filial obedience, the obedience of a son, that desire to please God. It expresses the the, the depth of his heart and his soul. It's not hard to see then that the word Abba was the word a child would use to address a father who who was known to be powerful and wise. As our Lord Jesus said the words Abba, Father, he expressed his reverent trust and his certainty that he never needs to doubt his father in heaven. like A child looks to his father, thinks his father can do anything and everything. Perhaps the Lord, Lord Jesus even used the word Abba to refer to his father Joseph when he, was, when he was younger. And so we look at the Lord Jesus' life and we see how he uses the, the word Abba and the word father And we say that's very nice, but we see here a unique relationship, isn't it? The eternal Father and the eternal Son. And as we look at that, maybe we think, well, that's one thing, but what about me? Can I call the Almighty Creator of heaven and earth Father like Jesus did? What do you think? Do you have that right? We confess that yes, yes, we can address God as Abba, Father, because of the work of Jesus Christ. Christ Jesus changed. The relationship between his heavenly father and every person who is a part of the body of Jesus Christ by true faith. We we confess in the catechism in those beautiful words, God has become our father through Christ. One more reason to praise our Lord Jesus Christ. The catechism is just repeating the words of John 1 verse 12. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. It's like the words we read in Galatians, the words we read in Romans. Romans 8, verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. Truly sons, children of God. Galatians 4, verse 5, Paul makes it clear that God redeemed us from the law so that we would receive adoption as sons in Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, our situation because of our faith in Christ Jesus has changed drastically. We are not, says Paul, we are not slaves to sin anymore. We are not kept outside the blessings of the promise because of our failure to keep the law but we are children of God because Christ Jesus obeyed the law for us and in our place. And being sons and being daughters, we are also heirs of God. It's a beautiful thing to be able to to say to raise up our children, teaching them, you're a daughter of God. You're a son of God in Christ Jesus. Maybe it's, Too amazing to say, how can we be sure? Is that the right way of speaking? In Galatians 4 verse 6, we read, And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. It's so much to comprehend that God himself sends a spirit so that he He leads us to say it as he called it. Romans 8, verse 15 says, we have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Can you see what what your God is telling you in these texts? When we understand that we are truly children of the Almighty God, this understanding is the fruit of the Spirit who bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The Holy Spirit convinces us. He, he persuades us that we are children of God. He puts the words on, our, on our, in our, in our, in our tongues. So we address God in our prayers with the word Father because the Holy Spirit convinces us to and shows us that we must Because of Christ's work. And when the Holy Spirit testifies in your heart that you are a child of God and he he puts the words Abba, Father, on your lips, then he also awakens in your mind an understanding of who God is. It's very hard to pray the word, look to God Almighty and pray Father and not understand because we know the word Father very well. It comes with all sorts of meaning. And it's true, sometimes we have it that our parents have have passed away. Some of us have parents who have abandoned us, either physically or emotionally. We all know very well what parents should do. There are expectations that every child has of his father. He must be present to, to guide his children. He must love his children. He must show compassion. He must listen to their requests, to their entreaties, to their supplications. Children, trust and honor parents who love them as Jesus Christ did to his earthly parents. Think about all the different parts of the ideal relationship between parents and children. Children, ask for help. Children say thank you. Children bless their parents and enjoy it so much when their parents are with them. In the same way, our love for God is is much more than than just head-down obedience, but it consists in a living relationship full of reverence and submission and affection and joy. That is why we begin our prayers, and the Lord Jesus taught us to with the words, Our Father. Yes, God will pay attention to the voice of His children. He is very close to us, He he takes care of us. Though there are times when our parents cannot or will not listen to our voices. Our Heavenly Father doesn't have those failures. And in order not to forget this difference, Jesus taught us to add the words, our Father, in heaven. You see, the word Father emphasizes that we are in a good relationship with God, that there's reverence, that there's trust. And the words, who is in heaven, emphasize that our Father is majestic and powerful. So we should not think that God is is too great for us. And at the same time, he being heavenly, we should not attribute to him any weakness or any inability that we may find in earthly parents, maybe even our own earthly parents. In fact, we can see his majesty and his sovereignty and his power in the fact that as a father He can pay attention to to the prayers of all his children in any part of the world. This is what we sang about and we sing about in Psalm 139, stanzas 1 to 9. Think about that. Think about 1 Kings 8, verses 27 to 30. Solomon dedicating the temple. And then he asks the question, I'll read it now. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you, how much less this house that I have built. Yet, praise Solomon, have regard to the prayer of your servant and to his prayer. O Lord my God, listening to the cry and to the prayer that your servant prays before you this day. That your eyes may be open night and day toward this house, the place of which you have said, My name shall be there. That you may listen to the prayer that your servant offers toward this place. And listen to the plea of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray toward this place. And listen in heaven, your dwelling place, and when you hear forgive. And Solomon goes on to, to give examples of where people might be crying out to God all over the world. God reveals his majesty, his in because he is present everywhere and at the same time, and he can attend to all our prayers. There is no busy signal. Although difficult to believe just in itself, the Bible goes on and reveals that the Holy Spirit presents our words to God as as an advocate. And so we can be sure that when we speak words here in heaven or on on the earth, maybe beside our bed or maybe around our table, or maybe in a difficult situation with a friend in, in the living room, when we speak words and they leave our mouths and we address them to our Heavenly Father, the Spirit presents those very words before His throne. They don't disappear over our heads. They aren't an exercise in, in communication, but rather those words reach the throne of God Most High. We sang about that in Psalm 34. We could have sung Many Psalms, Psalm 65, O you who hear prayer, to you shall all flesh come. The Lord Jesus says in John 14, verse 6, that if you pray in his name, he is the high priest who has given us access to the most holy place where God dwells. You can be sure that God hears your prayer. Your father who knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb like We read in Psalm 139, he is the one who inclines his ear and and looks at you in love even while you are praying. The same way that the the smoke from the incense in the Old Testament went through the, the curtain in the temple filling the holy of holies, the seat of God most high. So also our prayers go up to our Father in heaven. And there, our faithful covenant God who knows our names, he hears us when we speak to him. He finds gratitude and joy, or he sees our, our gratitude and joy and our confidence when we turn to him. And the miracle, brothers and sisters, and when we think about it, we can really see that, is that God is close to anyone and everyone who might be calling upon him in sincere prayer, wherever they may be, whether in in Edmonton or or up in Newlandia or Brazil or Australia or little small islands in, in the middle of the sea like the island of Patmos. He is able and willing to help us. So he's able to be the most gracious father of them all. Brothers and sisters, many Christians have this struggle. And the catechism touches right on it. In our confession, we touch on it. God hears our prayers. Many Christians have the struggle. They think that God is far from them. They think that it takes a lot of work to, to make your way into his presence They think that God does not actually have very much to say about how we do our work, what kind of entertainment we watch, what our marriages are like. Some are so foolish as to think that it's good enough to show up in a polished sort of way in church, and that's what it means to be a Christian. Many people think that their concerns are personal concerns that God does not care about these things. Is it worth praying to God about my financial problems? About my shyness that really bothers me? Or about my neighbor who's always after me about one thing or another It's starting to drive me nuts? Or my fellow worker or my fellow student who, who causes me so much grief? What does the Almighty God of heaven and earth care about my head flu or my, my head cold or my flu? Is it worth praying about the difficulties that I'm having at school or about the difficulty uh, at work because I'm having trouble learning the skills to, to, to do the task? Does God really care about my relationship with my wife? In the midst of these questions, the Holy Spirit comforts us and tells us, address God as our Father. And then we see how that attitude, it changes, that that, that word Father changes our attitude about prayer. Think about it this way, and maybe this will be easier for parents to understand. But if you are a parent... Do you care about all of your child's situations? If your child was afraid of the dark, would you comfort your child even though you you were convinced that it's not really a danger? If your child feels pain from their experience, would would you not meet their needs? If your child is burdened with a serious illness or or a not so serious illness would you be there and want to encourage him during the tribulation? If your son is persecuted would you not seek justice? If your child needs more skills to complete his daily task, would you care and help him get him or her to get what they need? If your child compliments you, would you not be grateful and cheerful? Of course, yes, yes, to all those questions. It flows from our love. It's the love of a father to a child. And then the Bible says, and we see, if you, weak parents, express this compassion and this concern for your children, how much more your heavenly father We confess that God has become our father through Christ and will much less deny us what we ask of him in faith than our fathers would refuse us earthly things. The little worries that we feel in our hearts that we know to be so small that they aren't worth bothering other people about. You all know what that's like you Probably don't even tell your husband or your wife about it. It's a little thing that, that really bothers you. You're a little ashamed about it. Or that sense of guilt that can cloud your day. That, that personal struggle. Maybe personal struggle with wrong thoughts that always accompany us. The things we do not want to tell anyone because we think it's, it's absurd. We don't want to make them worry about us. These are also your heavenly Father's concerns. He is a compassionate Father. He is close to us. We must understand that in God's eyes, the size of the problem is not the most important thing. But he always pays attention to the the well-being of his children. It may be, yes, it may just be a, a misperception as, as is the perception of a, of a child that thinks that darkness is dangerous. Or it may be a reality, it may be a big problem or a small problem, but we can always present our requests and our supplications to our God because our God is our Father. He is the Lord who can give life to the dead. He is the Lord who can encourage, encourage the discouraged mother. And he is a father to every one of us all the time, wherever we are in Christ Jesus. When we love Jesus Christ, when we we see who he is, we, we embrace our savior and we look to God and we say, Father, Abba, Father. And we say, our Father. Because we can trust in his the infinite power of God to provide us with all we need for body and souls. He is close to to everyone. Our Father, here in Edmonton, maybe relatives in Ontario, pray to God. Maybe you know someone on the other end of the world, the other side of the world, who prays to God. We all look up as Christians and we say, Our Father." And we understand that this R means he is the father of everyone who believes in him. A father with infinite power, marvelous love, wonderful compassion. And so we trust in him for everything. Let us be those children, the sons and daughters of God who love our Father who trust in him, who speak to him joyfully. And The Holy Spirit operates in the hearts of believers, and as a consequence then, we will begin our prayers with that address that our Lord Jesus taught us. The trust, and the rever- reverence, and the adoration, and gratitude for the work of Christ, saying, Our Father, we are his children. Sons and daughters of the creator, of the heavens and the earth. Heirs of a great inheritance. Amen.